a gun in the face. Then all of a sudden, they all kind of lined up. They pointed their guns at me. And this is the point where I thought, I'm going to die today. Started two years of horror for an American in Venezuela. They said, you need to give us your phone and get ready because you're coming with us. I'm Becky Bruce, and I spent a year researching and piecing together Josh and Tammy Holt's story about their ordeal in a notorious prison. That's when everything started to turn bad. We had another pound on the door. Boom, boom, boom. And there was the police once again. You can binge all of the episodes of Hope in Darkness on kslpodcasts.com or wherever you get your podcasts. Inside Sources. Inside Sources. Inside Sources. Where KSL offers Utah deeper insights on the news. Host Boyd Matheson divides rage from reason and elevates the conversation on issues crucial to our community. On KSL News Radio 102.7 FM and 1160 AM. With us now is U.S. Army retired Major General John Ferrari. He is a visiting fellow at the American Enterprise Institute and is the former director of program analysis and evaluation for the U.S. Army. Uh, Major General, how are you? Thank you for joining us. I'm doing fine. Thank you very much. Now, uh, before we started recording, uh, I I made a bad joke off air about uh, a U.S. Army uh, retired Major General criticizing the Navy. Uh, And I think it's probably a joke you've heard often. But I think that there is a very important uh, insight that you bring as a retired uh, uh, major general in the Army because the U.S. Army faced a real crisis in the 70s that you are seeing now play out with the Navy. Can you tell us about that and then get into why is the U.S. Navy broken and what needs to happen? Yeah, thank you very much. So the first thing I'd like to say is uh, I'm not criticizing the Navy. What I'm saying is that the Navy actually is, with the China threat, the centerpiece of our military. And unfortunately, over the past uh, 15, 20, 30 years, we, the United States of America, have allowed our Navy to deteriorate to the point that the Navy can no longer fix itself. And in many ways, as you talked about, This is uh, similar to what happened to the Army in the 1980s when General Meyer testified about the hollow Army, an Army that was hollowed out by the social upheavals of the 1970s, the Vietnam War, rampant inflation, untrained soldiers. And so I see a lot of what is happening in the Navy today in what happened to the Army in the 1980s. And as a a nation, we have to to fix the Navy, and it's not going to be easy to do. Now, why is it so important right now that Congress take action uh, to fix the Navy? What are the new developments or strategically in the world? Why is this so critically urgent? It's urgent now because uh, the Navy has not been able to fix itself over the past five to ten years. Uh, There's been a, a string of scathing GAO reports on the unreadiness of the fleet, uh, a lot driven by the overuse of the Navy. So we talk about the Army and its rotation war, and everybody saw that. What nobody's seen in the past 20 years is that the Navy has been overused by the combatant commanders, and 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 so it's got a readiness problem because uh, it hasn't been able to maintain itself. And so its ships have uh, are broken. 
Uh, the Navy has tried to build new ships, and it's been unable to do that. As a matter of fact, the, the, the littoral combat ship, they built it, and it cracked. So think oh. about it. We've been building ships. We don't know how to build ships anymore. They crack when they come out. And the Navy has decided that even as it's building those ships, as soon as it's done constructing it, they're going to mothball them and put them away. They're, they're unsafe to, to use. So we built a, 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 a fleet of ships that are unsafe to use. We've had safety lapses and crashes, not just on the, the surface fleet, but recently the Connecticut had an accident and, and crashed underground and scraped bottom. That's the nuclear submarine fleet. And so that should worry people. And then we've had a series of leadership lapses, such as Fat Leonard, that have taken out a large chunk of the Navy leadership. So the Navy, uh, due to budget sequestration last semester, last uh, the last decade, they they were they they tried to create mythical efficiencies where they said they would operate better and they would save money to do modernization. But all they did was you know drive their readiness rates and the the, the availability of their ships down. So the Navy is shrinking in size. It's got uh, broken people. It's got a high suicide rate. It's not training enough people, and it's got broken readiness. And and with the China threat, you've heard recently that uh, people are saying the China threat is not the 2030s anymore. It's 2027. We've really got to get our act together and get the Navy fixed. We are speaking with U.S. Army uh, retired Major General John Ferrari, a visiting fellow at the American Enterprise Institute, about his piece uh, about how the Navy is broken uh, and calling upon Congress to launch a commission to find the path forward to, to fix the United States Navy. Uh, Major General, you use this term uh, throughout your piece called hollowness, and you've given us a lot of detail here about some of the things that are broken with the Navy, but this term hollowness, I think, is is even uh, more profound. Can you give us a sense of, of what that means? So what hollowness means in a military context is if you look out and you see ships or Army flags and formations Right. It appears as if you have capability. But in essence, when you look inside of it, they're hollow. Right. So you don't have enough soldiers or the soldiers or sailors aren't trained or the ships don't work. And so that's the notion of hollowness. It's the the illusion of a ready force. But actually, it's broken. Mm -hmm. You also write in your piece that the first step here is to admit that there is a problem, to recognize this problem of hollowness, and then to ask for help. <laughs> These are basic steps, right, that that all of us as individuals should follow in our lives when we face a serious problem, to recognize the problem, and then to not be afraid to ask for help. You then go on uh, you know, to argue that the Navy's problems are so complex and so profound and all-encompassing that they're just beyond the Navy's ability to solve themselves. So how should Congress get involved here? What You recommend launching a commission. What should that commission do? What are the immediate next steps? So I think it's important to remember that in our form of government, in our Constitution, we separate the division of power that the president uses, right? So it's the commander-in-chief, the president uses the military but our Constitution says that Congress has the power to raise and maintain the military forces. So it is their constitutional responsibility to provide that oversight and direction to the military. 
uh, in the past decade, uh, in, the, in the early part of the last decade, in the 2010s, the Air Force had a big challenge of force structure, and the Congress stepped in and put together a blue ribbon commission to help the Air Force overcome a problem it couldn't solve. The same thing in the middle part of the decade, the Army had a, had a problem when it, during budget reductions and couldn't solve the problem within mm. itself, so the Congress stepped in and put a commission. So what I'm saying is the Navy's problem is much bigger than the Navy. And the challenge, of course, is military people try to fix their problems on their own and they don't ask for help. Yeah. And so the proposal is, you know, from shipyards that are that are, that are not haven't been modernized to nuclear weapons, to combatant commander demand, uh, to ships, to planes, to infrastructure, put together a commission that will help forge a bipartisan way forward. Because part of the problem you have is if the Congress doesn't agree with the solutions or the president, you wind up redoing the plan every two or three years. That's the challenge now with the Navy shipbuilding plan. It's never static. Yeah. So we need a national consensus because fixing the Navy, it took five years to fix the Army. It will probably take 15 years to fix the Navy. I want to ask about that because uh, my understanding of one of the keys to fixing the Army after the 70s was uh, large-scale appropriations to procure modern equipment and uh, to provide additional training and internal enforcement, all these things. With the Navy, if we can't build our own ships – how do we make up for that? What do we do differently? We can't we can't pay someone else to use our technology to build better ships, can we? What is the solution to that? Well, the solution is a holistic plan, right? We've got to be able to bring modern, technologically-based industries uh, like startups and other tech companies into the shipyards. So the shipyards are set up really from the 1950s, and they really haven't been modernized. And so we, we need to look at how do we bring in the best that America has in the commercial sector and bring them into the shipyards to help fix the shipyards. That's number one. Mm-hmm. Number two is we need to take our – we as a nation are the technological lead in all information technology, AI, advanced manufacturing. I mean, there's nobody better than us. We should take the ships we have and figure out how to integrate all of that technology into the ships we have rather than trying to build new transformational ships. They they did that with the aircraft carrier. It took decades and billions of dollars. So so we have it. But but again, the Navy can't go out and pull these in. We've got to forge a national consensus to do that. We are speaking with Major General John Ferrari, uh, retired from the U.S. Army, about how the U.S. Navy is broken and what we as a nation and what Congress needs to do to fix it. Thank you so much for your time and for joining us today and for your service. Uh, we appreciate your insight, and we certainly hope that uh, that Congress will take your advice, follow your lead on this, and that uh, we can put the U.S. Navy back on track. Thank you so much, Major General. Thank you very much. Coming up, more Inside Sources here with Taylor Morgan. Two years ago, Americans watched in horror as a crisis unfolded at the Kabul airport. She was tear-gassed and beaten. Images of thousands desperate to escape Taliban oppression filled our news feeds. More than 80,000 Afghans made it to America. But the story didn't end there. It was very cold. There was no power, no heat. Who would help our newest neighbors? 
I'm Andrea Smartin. In Stranger Becomes Neighbor, you'll hear the stories of some remarkable refugees who left their homes and their dreams behind only to start over from zero. Their only possession was three blankets. And you'll meet Americans who stepped up to help them. You want me to come when you deliver your baby. What can one person do in the face of an international disaster decades in the making? That's Stranger Becomes Neighbor. Find us at kslpodcast.com, follow us on Apple Podcasts, or anywhere else you listen.